Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. Friday, June 18th, 2021, episode number 190. Yes! I got nothing, man. 190. I mean, it's after 189. It's before 191. That's what the... Um, that's what uh, that's Wikipedia said. said. Yeah. And there's something about some kind of proof of alcohol, of Everclear, but, you know, I don't drink, so I don't even know what they're talking about. You've but. got all week to figure out one interesting thing to say after I say the episode number. And All right, I'll work on it for next week, because I, I, we, we were busy this week, you by the did, way. Yeah, it was a short week. It is a short week. We're still living it. Um, we actually have... And, and what? I was going to say, and we recorded two podcasts last week, and we only get to use one of them. Yeah, we'll get to use that one i'm sure um but we had to okay. uh we had to pull an audible and uh and what an amazing audible it was got uh got the promoter of the race we were at and the race winner on this week's episode uh so it'll yep. we'll, we'll get to that in a bit but you want to kind of take the folks through the weekend and um we don't have to get well, too much in the weeds but oh. do we need to back up all the way to the weekend before did we even talk about that last week i don't remember i think we did yeah we talked about we talked yeah. about Terre Haute. We Absolutely. talked about the other Elkhorn. Okay, yeah. so then Carter decides to fly in on Thursday, mm-hmm. and he got to check out. Uh, we went straight from the airport, ladies and gentlemen, listeners, all my friends, all our followers. We went straight from the airport to the Fuel Cafe. Fuel all Cafe. five listeners? No. The Fuel Cafe. What do you think of the Fuel Cafe, Carter? Fuel Cafe was amazing. Uh, the atmosphere yep. was cool. Uh, the food was amazing. Of course, I got my fried cheese curds right out the gate. My first meal there at the Fuel Cafe. Amazing. I highly recommend. Although, I don't understand why they don't serve them with marinara most places. Because that's a, that's a southern thing. Yeah. Up north, yeah, it's cheese it. and ranch. Both dairy products because you're in the dairy land. It's all right. Oh, how did I, how'd how'd I put that in? Hmm. I just, you, see, you see how I slid that in there? I'm mm-hmm. not hating it. I'm not hating No shade. No shade. Uh, it, was totally, right. it was totally just a... Uh, suggestion no okay all right at the fuel cafes where you had your first ever sprecher root beer yeah and now you can't stop drinking it forever changed i'm drinking one right now i I snuck a couple back on the on on the airplane (laughs) for those of you ever wondering if you can put a can in your bag and put it on an airplane you can yeah you can do it because i did it seven times over on the way back and, and scored me seven spreckers so we, we left the fuel cafe and we went and saw the fawns. <laughs> we did the bronze fawns, dude. You were like, I want to see. He had blue <laughs> pants though. That's not a normal thing. I know, no, because the last time I was there, he was all bronze from the the shoes all the way to the top. This yeah. time he had blue pants. He had a white T-shirt on underneath his bronze jacket, yeah. and it just didn't look right. But uh, we we got to ride some lime scooters all around downtown. Yeah. Uh, coffee. Cause some havoc in the streets with our 17.2 mile per hour scooters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We had an adventure. We went and found a Home Depot too. That was kind of fun. <laughs> I never, <laughs> I've never ridden any of those scooters. You know, you see them in almost every city you go to nowadays. Yeah, they just drop them off everywhere. <laughs> have you ridden them before this past weekend? Oh yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. Dude, that was the first time I'd ever gotten on one. They're pretty badass. Uh, they're they're not good to use with one hand, by the way. You know, we were trying to film stuff and do stuff for left out, and uh, it got a little dangerous. It did at some point, but uh, no, that's we were very careful the whole time. Uh, it was great, no, uh-huh. a lot of fun, uh, easy way to get around town, and uh, you had a brilliant idea at, for later in the weekend uh, to put those things at, at inside Road America. They'd probably make a killing. 
Um, it would make a killing. Uber, that would have been if you're a listening, heck of an I know idea. you own some of those things. Go get on it. You're welcome. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Exactly. Call me. All right. See you. Cut thanks. Bye. Check. Yep. Give us a sponsor. Do something. Yep. Thank you. We get five percent. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye, Uber. So that was all Thursday, Friday morning. We took yeah. our time, got up, and went up north. We had a, a nice little trip up north, and then we decided to stop at a highly recommended place called the Throttle Stop. Yes. It was me, you, Tim Humphreys. The Lowe's, Trent and Jared and Trevor Bruner. Yeah. We all stopped at Throttle Stop and, and we didn't know what to expect. We kind of talked them into a, giving us a discount to get in. Did you like the Throttle Stop? I love the Throttle Stop. I didn't even know what to expect to go in there. Uh, and I'd seem more like a four wheel museum type of deal. But dude, there was like 10 times more bikes than there were cars there, or at least yep. from what I yep. saw. So uh, there was some really cool ones. Uh, when somebody mr joe cop a little street cra- street tracker you said right yep a street tracker xr 750 is also yeah. signed by uh, carl patrick and uh, that was cool uh there was a bike just like stoney's right when we walked into the first motorcycle part that was really cool like the bikey drag races uh had a good time there and we left there and went on over to the dairyland classic pulled up went straight to jesse janish's pits and then uh, our little buddy Landed Landon B showed up right when we got there. He was ready to get interviewed. That was kind of a fun little story. And yeah. uh, we told him we'd catch him a little bit later on. So we did. And uh, then we went to the Dairyland Classic. And just like Bert says, when he says two o'clock gates open, everybody's in line. Two o'clock, the gates open. And then yep. it's the mad dash to get in the pits. Uh, but you know what? We experienced the entire thing. We were there from the time the gate opened. And uh, we, I'm not going to say we were the last ones to leave, but we stayed there for the entire experience and had a great time uh, posting all kinds of stuff on Left Out, uh, inside the track, outside the track, behind the grandstands. I actually got interviewed, which is kind of different. Me not holding onto the microphone, controlling the uh, conversation is a little bit different, but uh, Chris Tice did a, a wonderful job announcing. I, I thought he handled it very well. Uh, did a good job with interviews, did a good job telling the fan what, fans what was going on. And uh, we bought some t-shirts. We went and had some grilled cheese, some more cheese to go on your bucket. We had, we, oh, I got back up. We also had cheese curds on the way up there we at did. that nice restaurant we stopped at. Yeah. I may yeah, have man. ordered cheese curds in every meal. <laughs> I mean, you only get, yeah, you if did. you're only in Wisconsin yeah, for two days, three days, then you got to take advantage of it, you know? Yep. Yep. So uh, that was a, man, that was a good day. Um, what what do you think of the Dairyland Classic? We're going to talk to somebody else with a lot more information about the Dairyland Classic here in a minute. But what were your thoughts? Uh, dude, it was it was everything I thought it would be in more, man. It, I've, I've heard you hear everybody talks about it as like one of the one of the best run programs, if not the best in, in running the country. Uh, and it, it definitely held up to that. I mean, they they were to the T. They, they were very. Uh, thorough and and followed through on what they said that they were going to do and delivered a tight program. I think uh, Bert will beat himself up that he was what two, ran two or four minutes over uh, the expected time, but uh, uh, I think that uh, they did a hell of a job and it, and it was a hell of a show, um, which is exactly what he said when he started the day. So pretty cool to see that unfold and to watch that go down and to help kind of give people a peek into what that is is pretty cool and a uh, opportunity that I'm still like can't believe i i got to experience so pretty cool that on top of everything else we did this weekend yeah absolutely so then that's uh, at, at the dairyland classics where we hooked up with todd and Lacey. yeah and, and who, who i met a couple years ago at the minnesota mile 
ran into Todd after the race in Elkhorn, and uh, they offered us a place to stay out on a nice lake. It was beautiful. You got to go sit on the dock, and uh, I thought you were going to stay on the dock. I, didn't, I, I mean, I was leaving to go to the races. You're still sitting out there. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't see a fishing pole, but you're out there forever. So, you got to uh, take it in, man. You got to take it in when you can. It was a beautiful spot. Uh, shout out to them. Yeah. and appreciate everything uh, they helped us uh, with this weekend. Dude good stuff especially especially on saturday not only with a place to stay for friday and saturday night but on saturday yeah they had their van loaded up with cooler (laughs) yeah with a a scooter and with a a ktm yeah and we go there to do our left out thing at road america which thanks to paul carruthers and everybody with road america and ken salant for getting us into that event yeah we went there and we went all over the place only because we had the ability to do so with that motorcycle and that and that moped because we parked i think we're by turn eight or something i don't even know what turn no we were by turn two or three we parked there but then we rode everywhere we and did. went to the pit we got to see every Man. every turn every corner even some of the stuff on the back roads because of uh the vehicles we were able to get around on and dude it was one hell of a way to experience road america uh I've seen it, you know, from the helicopter shots and the broadcast views and all that stuff. But to experience it in person is something else. And during a motorcycle race is insane. Right. Like those things, that was my first road race experience in general. So uh, it was pretty awesome to see that firsthand. But uh, yeah, some of those some of those turns and some of those straightaways, um, seeing them zip zip around on that stuff is just it's it's nuts, nuts. And, you know, it's over four miles long, so there's no way we could have got to see everything without the help of Todd and, and Lacey. And again, thanks to those two. You know, we're so thankful that they came along and helped us out. So we got a lot more footage, content. I'm not used to saying content. We got content galore for yeah. all the people at home so they're not left out. But, uh, man, it was a good time. Uh, that was on Saturday. Sunday it was just you and I. We did a few different things. We parked and walked a lot. We went through the pits. Uh, how cool is it that Terry Vance wants to talk to us when we're just roaming through the pits? He's having ice cream. Yeah, and, we kind of uh, caught a mid-ice cream cone. Yeah. I think we, we talked to what? some pretty important people this weekend while they were chowing down on some ice cream. The yeah, Indian guys. Both, the, both the factory Indian guys and the Vance and Hines guys. Uh, I'm I like, mean, man. I mean, uh, it's hot. Yeah, I it mean, was it hot. was it was pretty warm there, and I, I heard the ice cream was pretty damn good. I think we must might have missed a good opportunity to just grab a cone while we were there. Uh, no, yep. it's super cool. To, it was, and what, that was the one thing that surprised me more than anything is some of the crossover, right? A lot of the crossover. Uh, we saw Brie right. Poland there uh, doing her thing with, 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 the, with the ladies from uh, Royal Enfield, and, and what they were doing there this weekend was pretty a, a pretty big deal. Uh, so yep. uh, that was that was cool to see. Eslick, you know, always cool. To, <laughs> always a good time to see Eslick. You can't see that dude <laughs> and not smile. Like, I'm telling you, it's, I, it's impossible. I, I got I got to tell a story. So he goes out and gets fourth in the bagger race. Yep. He told me, he got back to the pits. He said, I passed that one guy. Like I was going 140 miles an hour faster than he he was. Well, he was because the other guys broke down. (laughs) And then, and then, uh, Richie, Richie Morris hands him a beer and he he looks at it. He's like, what the heck is this? And he pops it. And I said, well, how is it? He said, ain't no Coors Light. (laughs) I thought of Sammy right away. You do a pretty good slick right there. That's good stuff. Yeah. Well, he's a, he's an Okie. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, and then um, I th- I was proud of the flat track guys getting first and third in the 1000 CC class, and Dude. I said, "How about them flat trackers?" We're, and they both was, looked up. It was Victory Lane, and they were rapping up Victory Lane, and Scotty as loud as he can at the top of his <laughs> lung. 
I brought them flat trackers. And everybody looks over. It was it Corey and Alexander. Corey Alexander and, and Jake Lewis. Who was it that said? They both name? did. They both Jake did. Lewis. It was yep, pretty. Yep. I, I was like, dude, you gotta let me know when you're about to say something. <laughs> I, I didn't. I totally missed it. Didn't get it on camera. So. That's all right. Stuff just comes out of my mouth, you know. <sighs> That's what I hear. Um, yeah. Anyways, no, one hell of a weekend, one crazy experience on a lot of different levels. Uh, but Absolutely. I, I got to say, it was uh, the highlight of my weekend was the Jerryland Classic, being able to see that in person. You know, you're hearing, for sure. For hearing sure. It for, hearing about it for years. Uh, we got a lot more content coming for Left Out from there. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was pretty amazing uh, to be there and, and cover that for sure. Uh, so that's kind of yeah, what absolutely. we're going we're gonna to focus on for this week's episode. Well, before we get into that, Carter, there were two press releases I put in the notes just because mm. uh, AFT hasn't released anything for a little while. But uh, the first one, New York Short Track will be a double header that will be taking the place of the Texas Half Mile. So now the New York Short Track will be a double header. Also, at the fine print of the bottom of that press release, it says the Springfield Short Track will be for singles and it will also be a double header just like we did last year what i'm hoping for though is that there's four semis two semis for one main two semis for the next main i don't know how that's going to unfold we'll have to wait and see uh but i i like it uh i think the springfield short track's awesome i know uh people want to see the singles on the on the springfield mile but i've seen some scary stuff with with 16 riders all in one pack and those bikes are so equal if one bike goes down it's just a big catastrophe so i think that's why we're still not putting the singles on the on the mile i've heard rumors that some of the singles riders will be racing uh, on production twins at the springfield mile so that'll add more uh more of a field to that class so let's get into our guests let's we got go two guests two guests two guests first up bert sumner like we owe it all to bert the weekend the dairy lane classic the time that we had there he let us in the gates uh and let us cover for left out which was awesome uh it was your first time it was my first time yes you, you never forget that's correct you never forget the first time scotty so, that's right never forget we had a good time let's call. what i was gonna say let's call him up but you're still talking we don't call we don't call anymore we don't do that well what are we what are we doing let's bring him in you just do your thing what are you gonna say go for it welcome to the podcast the man, the myth, the legend, Bert Sumner. What's up, Bert Sumner? How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you, sir? It's good. It's like a long time no talk to. I'm just kidding. It was just a couple of days. <laughs> it was just a couple of days. I imagine it's a lot warmer down down where you are. It's nice and cool in the 70s here now as opposed to what it man. was over the weekend. Ooh, it was a warm one up there at the Dairyland, and then I went to the road race at Road America, and it was warm. I thought I thought I was still in Oklahoma for a second. Before we talk about the Dairyland Classic, you also went to an AFT race a couple weeks before your first one in a little while. Um, yeah. Just quickly, how, how did you enjoy going to your first race in a little while? Well, I've been going to Lima the past couple of years. Obviously, they were, they were out last year, but... Uh... Went to Joliet. That was the first time my dad had been to a national since 2001, and the last time my sisters had been to a a national since we were all there when uh, when Jimmy died in 2002. So for them, it was 20 or 21 years since they'd been to a national. I'd been to Lima the last couple of years, but it was it was uh, it was nice to see a full crowd. Uh, we got to see a lot of people that we used to race with at Santa Fe Speedway, and my dad got to spend some time with some people that he used to race with in the 70s and whatnot, so that was kind of cool. It would have been neat to almost have a, and they almost could have had an entire section of Santa Fe Speedway alum 
and uh, that could have been pretty cool. But Mike Farley, you know, we first met him at Santa Fe Speedway when he was a novice and then worked his way up to national number, and he was he was uh, instrumental in getting that event going, and he he told me he had been instrumental in every Juliet National that's ever been. So I didn't get a chance to cross paths with him, but we had traded messages during the day and wished him the best of luck, and he said that everything went well. So I'm, I was glad to see that uh, glad to see that they had a good crowd. The track, once they brushed it off, it looked like the track uh, really came around. Everybody seemed pretty pretty jazzed up by the the amount of people that were there. So that was really good to see. So I enjoyed the enjoyed the event. Uh, managed to get into the, the pit area and talk to a few people. And um, yeah, it was nice to see everybody again. You mentioned that the the racing was really good, especially the first couple of laps of the racing. Um, I know early on in the day. I was a little skeptical about the track, and then because uh, there was a, it seemed like only one line, they actually added more water, which was unbelievable with the amount of rain they got the night before. But the track got pretty racy. Um, some of the races got a little bit spread out. I, I agree with your post race, but um, anything else you want to add to uh, about the racing from Joliet? We got there right before opening ceremonies, so we we've spent enough time at racetracks that uh, um, you know we don't need to see practice or qualifying, whatever they call it anymore. And we knew that they weren't doing any of the pit walk stuff, so we didn't uh, get there earlier um, for any of that reason. So we planned to get there right about 7 o'clock, which is, I believe, when the opening ceremonies were, and that's what happened. So the first race that, or the, the first time that we saw bikes on the track was the uh, the first Mission Food Super Twins heat race, and they hadn't brushed the track off yet, and so it was all fairly one-lined. But then they brushed it all off, and the, I believe the singles were out next, or maybe the... Maybe it was the twins, I forget. But once they brushed it off about 30 feet wide, suddenly guys were going uh, uh, side by side through the corners, which was great to see. Um, just seemed like the, that the races, the, because the early laps were so good with mixing it up, I remember there was a battle with, it was in the production twins between uh, Johnny Lewis on the Royal Enfield and I forget who, maybe it was Dalton on the yes. Harley that they were, they were swapping the lead back and forth in every corner uh, for the first handful of laps. And then obviously one got in front of the other, and then it was, you know, the according effect of the, the leader pulls away and the second pulls away from third and eventually end up with kind of single file. So from that standpoint, it seemed like that a lot of those races were almost too long. Uh, the main events, especially the singles one, because Morgan was doing so well that I jumped out, you know, he fought his way to the lead and it was a good scrap, and then he kind of stretched it out, and then it almost seemed like that everyone kind of uh, calmed down for those middle laps because they knew it was going to be a long main event. And then right towards the end, uh, it seemed like that Max kind of picked up another gear and, and got back into contention. So uh, from that standpoint, it seemed like that some of those races were just a little bit too long, but um, um, you know that, that was uh, based on a one-time thing that, you know, that I saw at Joliet that I'm sure for the for uh, other people, they might not agree with that, but that was just the, the way that it felt to me is that it was really, uh, uh, really combative early on. And then there was kind of a lull in the middle, uh, 10 laps or so. And then at the end, it would kind of get exciting again. Okay. Uh, sure. you, you brought up Morgan Mishler just a moment ago, and, and he's one of my favorite riders out there on the circuit because he refuses to follow anyone. Uh, yep. so Morgan had a great day. It looked like the bike was letting go with about a lap to go start smoking. And it did let go right across the finish line. Uh, he had, he had something for him and he'll have his first one of the season, I think real soon. So that brings us up to date with your race, the Dairyland classic. 
and it was Morgan Mishler uh, in in the main event that put on a show that was riding the, his Rotax for the first time ever. It's his cousin's Rotax, but man, yep. uh, what 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 a good job by by Morgan. But uh, before we get to that, uh, thank you so much for for getting Carter and I into the pit area. We enjoyed covering that for Left Out, or I don't know if you want to say covered it, but. Uh, sharing our experience with the Dairyland Classic to the folks at home. And I just want to say it was an awesome time, and thank you so much. Oh, well, I appreciate you guys uh, being able to come up and help us. You know, the the one thing that I wish that I was able to do more on social media during the event, but the fact is that we have a skeleton crew and we're all busy just getting the racing going. So it was it was one less thing to worry about knowing that there was someone else out there that was uh, helping getting the word out for the event. So I appreciate you guys coming up and I appreciate the feedback that you've given me or are going to give me. Because uh, um, obviously I think we do a great job, but uh, you know, it's always nice to, to get someone else's opinion of uh, what went well, and what doesn't go well and things like that. So I appreciate you guys coming up. No, and that's why we're there, you know, making sure nobody feels left out. Uh, actually, Carter and I spent some time around on the other on the grandstand side for a little while, got the grilled cheese sandwiches that everybody told us we had to try, walked around, talked to fans. I got to see your mom and give her a big hug. Uh, Carter and I both bought a shirt, and then you they, we got a free shirt along with that. So how can you go wrong yeah. getting a, a Dairyland Classic shirt and a free shirt on top of that? So uh, what a great experience. Cool. Well, I'm I'm glad you I'm glad that uh, that you think so. You know, I try to run the races the way that I remember they were when I was growing up. Uh, specifically, the job that Bruce Brober and the group would do down at Santa Fe Speedway every Wednesday night. And you know, it was as I remember, it was you know you you paid your five bucks to get in the grandstands or whatever it was, two bucks, and uh, it was you know racing practice was at six thirty, time trials at seven, and racing from eight until ten, and it was you know nonstop racing. And so I try to. I try to do all of our track prep ahead of time so that, uh, you know, once we start racing that, uh, you know, figure people are in the grandstands to watch racing. They don't want to watch water truck races. And so I've always tried to keep that in mind. I always hated that when I was, when I was racing. Um, and so I just try to give, give the, the fan base the, uh, maximum racing that we can give them. And as I tell everyone every year at the, the writers meeting that I hold, one of the first things I always tell them is, you know, the most important people on the grounds here tonight are not in the pit area. They're over there in the grandstand. And if we make them happy, maybe they'll come back next year. If we make them really happy, maybe they'll come back next year with someone else. And that's, yeah. that's been my philosophy since day one, that whether, uh, you know, I've said that when Jared Meese was in the pits with the number one plate. And I said it when Kenny Coolbeth uh, was in the pits with the number one plate that, you know, it's great. Those guys are, are when they can make it, um, but still, the, the the focus needs to be on entertaining the crowds in the grandstand because that's what that's what makes the wheel turn and keeps us uh, wanting to do it again the next year. You know, there, there's several things I liked about your riders' meeting. You told them how it is, and you're not waiting for them. It's a show. It's not. You know, you're you're there to put on a show. I, I don't know that a lot of the racers completely grasp that and i know that by you telling them that a couple of different times that that made it a strong point what i also liked bert is you had a program that you handed out not only to the spectators but to the riders and that gave them the breakdown of of when we're running what race we also had a backup plan if mother nature decided to put some some water on the racetrack you had a backup plan um all that was explained in explicit details 
And it's all right there for everybody to pay attention and follow along with. And I love that. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, the, the weather up here, especially in the late May, early June, it's always iffy. You know, the, the legend of us raining out is as bad or worse than the legend of the Springfield rain out. Uh, but when you actually boil it down, we, we don't rain out nearly that often. I think I've only rained out twice in the 20 years that I've been running it. And then we re ran at least one of them later on. And, uh, because it's always a case of, uh, bad weather is just always in the area, although it can typically jump right over the racetrack. Um, we've had plenty of years where there's thunder and lightning all around us and you can smell the rain, but we've never gotten a drop. Um, and so it, I, I just realized a few years ago that, um, you know, I had started out from the earliest events that I was putting on. I would print up just a little, uh, like a data sheet for everyone to know, hey, this is where we're going on. This is the order I plan on running. Um, you know, even our, our uh, if you saw our postings for our races, it lists right on the, on the race. This is heat number two of 12 on the night. And so many go to the heat, you know, so many go to the B main, so many go to the C main. This is how many laps it is. This is how you line up. Um, just trying to minimize the confusion or what do I do or, you know, what's going on next. And so, uh, by putting all that alternate plans on, uh, on that form, if we had to do a hurry up offense, we could say, Hey, everyone, we're moving to the alternate program. And ideally we don't have to make a lengthy announcement of what we're doing because everyone could just turn their sheet over and go, Oh, this is the alternate plan. All right, we're doing this and just trying to, to inform everyone as much as possible ahead of time so that they can be aware and, uh, you know, act accordingly. And because of the weather always being a little dicey, um, as I explained to them at the riders meeting, be flexible. You know, we, we, we got to put on a show. We want you to, you know, we don't want to go on without anybody, but you know, if you're not ready to go, when we're ready to go, we're going to go without you. And that's just the way it is, you know, that, yeah. that we try to give, try to give everyone all, enough opportunities to get enough track time so that they feel that they're getting their money's worth. But at the end of the day, we're putting on a, putting on a show and I really wanted to be done at 10 30 and we got done at 10 32, but that's close enough for me, I guess. Yeah. We kind of got in a little bit of hurry up mode because I know there was a curfew at 10 30. And so, you know, a, a few of the classes didn't get their siding lap, which I think, I think that was okay because the track really didn't change that much. You didn't add moisture to the racetrack because you didn't need to. So that siding lap that a few riders didn't get, I don't think that, you know, I don't think anybody noticed. I don't think anybody even probably said anything to you. Um, were you, were you happy with the crowds you had? It looked like it was a, a pretty decent crowd from where I was at the crowd always looks light from the infield because the bleachers are bright yellow. And so every time I look up in the stands, I think there's nobody here. Oh my gosh, there's nobody here. And I think that every single year, but then we, you know, we, we get the, the ticket stubs back home and I haven't counted them yet. They're still in a box behind my desk here that at some point I'll sit there and count all of them. But yeah, I guess we probably had 2000 or so people up in there in the stands. Great. That's great. And, and, uh, on top of that, I, I think Tice did a, an excellent job announcing. I've seen him announce before at an ice race, but an indoor, and you can't hear anything obviously cause you're in an indoor, but <laughs> I thought, I thought he did a great job. Uh, he kept the crowd informed of what was going on, what race was out there. And then he did a great job on the podium too. So a uh, good job on that. Uh, the next thing I wanted to talk on was a gift that you received from Tim from pro plates. And I didn't get to see it. 
So tell us about that gift. Well, every year we do the Jim Sumner Memorial Dash for Cash, and that's named after my brother uh, who died at Springfield uh, Mile, May 26th of 2002. And uh, as I mentioned earlier that uh, he and I grew up, my dad was a pro racer from 71 until, well, Santa Fe closed in 86 or 88. Uh, but he used to go down to Santa Fe and he would, he would take us with him to Santa Fe every Wednesday night, um, and watch the short track races. And the way that the junior expert combined program would run their heat races was all the juniors and experts would go out and qualify, and then they would put them into heat races and the slowest qualifier in each heat would be up on the starting line. And then it would be a staggered start back to your fast qualifier back in turn four, similar to how we line up the gym dash. And we always thought that was the coolest thing in the world because we could watch Garth Brown and Terry Poovey and Steve Elo and Randy Goss and Steve Eklund and Scott Pearson and, you know, all these national guys, Alex Jorgensen and so on and so forth, um, blitz through the field from the back, you know, from turn four. And in four laps, they'd be probably winning their heat race. And we always thought that was just so cool, um, you know, watching guys having to knife through traffic like that. And so when Jim passed, uh, past two weeks before uh, my second run at the Dairyland Classic. And so for the following year, we collected like $4,000 from people that we knew and friends and whatnot and said, hey, let's do a gym summer memorial dash. And, you know, we'll do it the old-fashioned way. We'll, we'll pick at the time we were with the Formula USA National Dirt Track Series, which um, at the time the uh, AMA Series was still – 600 cc's or they had just gone to 505 uh but it was still all predominantly road taxes whereas the formula usa series was was focused on 450 more or less dtx bikes there were some frames in there at the time uh but they had you know their first year in 2001 they had a factory team with suzuki one with yamaha one with honda one with ktm so on and so forth so they had multi-brand racing so we picked the fastest qualifier of each of the different brands and put those in inverted start and, you know, ran them for four or five laps or whatever it was. And, uh, again, watching the fast guys kind of knifing through the pack was really cool again. Uh, and so that's how we've done the, the gym dash. We've, we've changed the way that we pick riders for it, uh, years and years this year, I just decided to pick the first three from each heat race. Um, so you had the six fastest guys. The bad thing was that, there was no real speed differential between the slowest guy and the, and the fastest guy. But in any case, so we, we run the dash and then Tim Hendrick, um, got, uh, Trevor Brunner, from the Honda team won the gym dash. Uh, and unbeknownst to me, Tim Hendrick had got, had made a second award plate and he went around to the six guys and had them all autograph it. And then he gave that to me at the end of the night, which was really cool. Uh, he did that once before, uh, I think in 2010. Uh, so this is the second one that I have of that. It's just, it's, it's a really cool gesture. Tim Hendricks of pro plates, uh, was, uh, a sponsor of my brothers for many, many years. And, uh, he's, he's one of the good guys of the sport and, um, he makes our award plates every year. So it helps us, uh, I have some really cool looking awards and it was, it, it was a neat gesture. So that's going to go up on the, on the, on the wall the wall of fame here in my house. Yeah. So that's really, that's really cool. It was very cool. Very cool. Indeed. Nice touch right there. Uh, last question. What did you think of the racing? 
I thought the racing was really good. Uh, they, they had put on some new clay over the winter and whenever you do that, you're not sure how it's going to, um, how it's going to take. Um, fortunately, uh, the weekly car program hasn't had any rain out yet this year. So they were able to get four or five good solid weeks of, uh, of racing in on the, on the new clay. I think that helped. Uh, I think I was out in turn one or turn two when practice started and I was pretty amazed that after one or two um, uh, groups of guys that had gone out, there was already a, a nice black groove that was already taking shape. Um, you know, the riders listened when I told them at the at the riders meeting. I always tell them, you know, if you guys don't want a one-line racetrack, don't follow one another. And, uh, you know, they didn't listen, or they did listen, so they were out in practice. They were mixing it up. They were going side by side, which gives you a wider groove, which makes for – better racing as, as the night went on. So yeah, I thought the, thought the, the track looked smooth. I heard a couple of guys say that it was really slippery, but at least it was, uh, consistently slippery everywhere, but it's clay you know, it's going to be, going to be slippery no matter what you really do with it. Um, but we, we kept it uh, damp enough that, uh, dust wasn't a problem and, uh, didn't look like that, uh, anyone had any problems working their way through traffic. I, I agree 100%. Again, thank you so much for letting Carter and I come in and check out your event. If if it's not uh, conflicting with anything else, I'd love to come again next year. Um, and before we let you go, would you like to say thanks to anybody? I'd like to thank uh, our fans for coming out and supporting us. I'd like to thank all the racers for uh, supporting our event. As I mentioned in my, my, my riders meeting that I know that Everyone has to pick and choose which events they want to go to and where they want to spend their money. And my family and I are appreciative for those of them that decided to come and support our event. Um, I couldn't put this event on without the crew that we have, which do an awesome job. I think they're the, the best in the country between um, Scott and Scott Mack and Chris Baker on the line. Um, Tom Yankee back uh, being the bouncer back in the pit area. Um Chris Duranco and Jamie Duranco and Sally Ward and Dee Dee Sumner, who did all the scoring and my mom and dad that sold the t-shirts and my wife that ran the ticket booth and, uh, all the corner workers. Um, you know, it's truly, it, it's a, it's a family event and, uh, the group that we have, um, I, I'm just blessed to have them because they allow me to, um, focus on, not running the race, but focus on the other things that need to be taken care of as well. So I appreciate that. Well, I, I, I got I got one more thing for you because I guess I promised earlier that I would talk about Morgan Mishler. But uh, first time ever racing a Rotex. He tried the weekend before, but only got like two laps in. But um, how special was it to see the, the Wisconsin boy riding a, a, a bike he's never ridden before? And he was like fourth or fifth off the line. How how? How proud were you that a Michigan rider worked his way through the traffic, got through the factory Honda team, and, and ended up with the with the W? Well, he's. I think in in his three years, I think he's only gotten the whole shot once. Every other year, it seems like that he uh, starts kind of mid pack and then works his way up around. And uh, him in that high line, uh, e- even in years when people have complained that uh, oh, it's a one line racetrack, there's no passing. Um, Morgan just finds another line and goes around people and he's not afraid to try something different. You know, if there's a traffic jam down on the low line, he'll go up high and find, find where there's some bites. So it was, it was interesting because I knew that he hadn't spent a lot of time in that Rotax and he finished 
third in his heat, I think, um, which put him on the second row of the main. And uh, he started out kind of slow. And, and, you know, the Rotex that he was riding, it never really sounded like it was screaming very hard, um, which I thought, oh, maybe he's in the wrong gear. But obviously he knew something that I didn't because uh, he probably had it in the, he, he obviously had it in the right gear to, to keep it hooked up enough and keep it uh, moving forward and not just lighten up the wheels. Um, so it was, it was neat to see. It's always great to see um, Morgan or any of our local guys, even when Jesse Janish won it in 2019, even though he had relocated to Texas, I think he'll always be a, a Wisconsin guy at heart. Um, so that's always, it's always, you know, when, when my brother was alive, he had always said that he had hoped that there would have, that there would be a local event where the really fast guys around the country would come and, uh, and put on a show. And so I've always kept that conversation in mind. And so um, it's really neat that, you know, not only Morgan won, but that we had, I think we had five of the top eight um, AFT singles guys here this year. So that was, that was cool that not only that he won, but that he was, he was, he beat a lot of really top talent as well. You know, second, third, and fourth were all the factory Honda guys. Uh, Max Whale was in there and he had just won Joliet. Um, And so, so that's what, that's what's cool to me is that we're, we're a little race that not too many people seem to know about, but I think we pay well and we put on a hell of a show. I, I agree 1000%. I'll come back. I'll come back as many times as I can. I had that much fun and it is a great race. Yeah. It's a well, well-run program. And thanks again for your time tonight. And thanks for getting Carter and I in the pits. Oh, anytime you guys are welcome. Anytime you want to come up, even if, uh, even if you can't convince Sammy to come out, uh, it was great to see you guys. It was great to meet uh, Chris, and uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the Fuel Cafe. You know they were a longtime sponsor of ours, and they got they had to shut down most of last year due to COVID. And uh, when I when I saw that I had the opportunity to spend some time with you this week, I immediately looked and I saw they were open. I'm like, we're gonna go and throw some money in the till there at the Fuel Cafe to keep that place going. Absolutely, that was great. That was that was one time I think. We've got to sit down and visit for an hour or two or however long it was. It, it didn't see, it seemed like it went by so fast. I looked at my watch and it was, it was getting kind of late. So I knew he had to get back home, but uh, thanks for meeting me for to, to do that as well. Before car got into town, uh, I, I enjoy yeah. going, going bench racing with you and, and you know, we, we could talk for hours, if not days uh, about our, our great sports. So uh, again, yeah, Bert, absolutely. thank you so much. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, you guys take care. And I appreciate you guys calling and giving me a chance to talk about the event that I love so much. Good dude. Bert. Good dude. Always good to talk to Bert. He was a little information that man is. Absolutely. And he's a little bit mad at himself. He said he wasn't going to sleep that night because he was two minutes late. And he got down to 10.32. Dude, I, I don't care who you are, what's going on. If you're only two minutes late at the end of the night, that's a good night. Absolutely, hell of a night. Um, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, they ran a tight program, uh, a lot of good racing, and really damn cool to see Merg on that Rotax, which leads us to the next interview. We actually got some time with Morgan Mishler. Merg, what's happening? What's up, Scotty? Hello. Just, uh, going through the shop. Hello. Go. Hello. What are you doing? Going through the shop. Going to the shop, it's it's like eight o'clock at night. No, it's only six thirty here. Oh, okay. I just want to be clear. So, are you are you working on your four fifty? 
oh, I gotta finish putting that together yet. Um, and then, I mean, all I gotta do is put a tire on and one plastic piece, and then I'll be good. So that's it. You got it back from Vance and Hines. Is that, or I mean, can you tell us any secrets or what? I mean, are you, you're good to go. No, they they're on their way down there. They left yesterday, or not either yesterday or today. I think today at noon. Right. They went right. uh, down to OKC, so that thing's good to go. It's ready. It's just waiting for me. Okay, good, good, good. Um, let's let's we got to talk about a few things. You still got a few minutes for me? Yes, sir. All right, so let's back up a little bit. You're currently fifth in the points with American Flat Track, a seventh and a third in Volusia. That's good. Uh, DNQ mm-hmm. in Atlanta. Is that because you're not a TT rider, or you got anything to say about Atlanta? So if you don't know, my dad Billy. He likes to uh, make things work that shouldn't work. We had a <laughs> Yamaha Motomaster front brake on the KTM, which by no means is ideal. So okay. I uh, I had a a KTM Behringer uh, front brake setup shipped there, and we couldn't get it bled uh, by the TT. So that was a little bit of the issue, and. I don't know. I just kind of struggled, I guess, you know? Okay. All right. Well, let, let's shift it into high gear. Now let's go to Joliet. Uh, walk me through the last few laps. Obviously you're the first one to ever try the high line. That's, that's every racetrack we go to. Uh, but you got a decent start. You got out front and it seemed like everybody kind of settled in and then they, they tracked you down with a few laps to go. So walk me through about the last three laps. Uh, last three laps. Well, uh, you know, watching the broadcast and everything, it looked like Max had cut off a little bit of real estate as far as when he was coming in. And then he was able to run me down in that sense and then kind of hold a tighter line on the way out. Uh, but then, you know, last three laps, it, the bike didn't feel like it was losing too much power until about two laps to go back straight away. And then it sounded like I was losing the exhaust. And then next time around, on the, on the white flag down the back straight away. It was, it was one of those just praying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Started making a little bit more noise. And I was like, come on, we're almost there. And middle of three and four, I just, you know, put that thing wide open and lean back and hope for the best. And she just made it. So they uh, just dodged some, bu- dodged some bullets that night. Yeah. So is that, was that motor completely destroyed? Yeah. 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 <laughs> What, what was it worth um, it for a second place finish? Uh, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, you want to, like, so what, what ended up happening is it's pulling the uh, studs out of the crankcase. Oh, man. She's, she's fast. I mm-hmm. guarantee you she's fast. Wow. Now, she, now she's out to pasture. Yep. So, got some... <laughs> I really can't thank Chris Lerner enough because he got uh, he had a, a set of crane cases that were kind of on standby, so those went over to Vance and Hines, and they knocked that thing out in a matter of a couple of days. So, you know, just sitting here dodging bullets, man. Wow. Let's talk about last weekend. You kept your podium streak alive down there at the, or I guess I should say up there at the Dairyland Classic on a bike you've never even ridden before, uh, Rotax. You asked me early on in the day, how do you ride this thing? And I was like, well, you're going to use the back pressure to help slow yourself down. But 
knowing you, you're going to go to the high line. So why am I even telling you how to ride a Rotax? And I was, uh, I was actually like really impressed with just how that thing two wheeled around. I think was, uh, I think it's definitely a weapon there. You know, and it's my cousin Dan's bike, and uh, Jerry Wilhelm he went through that thing, so it's obviously a good runner. And you know, we we got a decent start, which I was pretty impressed with myself for that, just because we didn't have the greatest starting spot, but that thing just you know yanked off the line and found ourselves in, in third and you know it was just a matter of a couple laps before I kind of got comfy and was able to move forward did did you have any idea how big of a lead you had um I want to say with about four laps to go I looked back and kind of checked in just to see you know check out my surroundings and I didn't see anybody right on my tail so it was uh reassuring and it definitely felt good you know why you went so fast, right? It's because early in the day, I walked up behind you, and I touched you on the back of your leg and gave you the good feels. And then I went over and I, I rubbed on the Rotax. And I have to say, that's probably why you won. Right, because we're getting tickled from behind and we don't like that. <laughs> that's right. So you go faster. You run away from that. <laughs> I love it. Uh, um, you, you kept your, your podium streak alive. Like I mentioned, how many years in a row have you been on the podium at that race? Uh, so that's 2016 without 2020 being included because they didn't have it last year. Uh, on how many different motorcycles? Can I ask you that question? Um, two years on my Honda, and then third one was on the Yamaha, and I think the Rotax. Was, so four years of being on the podium, um, I believe. Who was the most excited in your in your pit area? I saw Slow was there. I saw your cousin Danny. It's his motorcycle. Your dad was there. There was some other faces I didn't recognize in the pit area, obviously, because you're from Wisconsin, so a lot of family and friends were there. Who was the most excited when you got back to your pits? Oh, man. I, I already know my uh, cousin Dan was, you know, to the moon about it just because it's his bike. And, you know, to pull out a lead like that, you know, it, it's set up well. I can definitely say that. So I'm going to say him. But, I mean, Slow was definitely really pumped. I mean, we kind of roped him in when he saw the Rotax, and he's like, oh, what's going on here? So, you know, he got to uh, stick around and, and help us out all day because by no means am I a, a whiz on a Rotax. You know, my dad and I's knowledge about it, it's not very extensive. So we, uh, we got some help for sure from those guys along with Mark Muth. You know, they've been around road taxes far longer than we've been around them. So, you know, between a little bit of everybody and uh, had a sponsor, Iowa City Break, in the pits with me. So, had to impress. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I-, I think you did that. Yeah, I sure hope so. So... For, for for our listeners that have never been to the Dairyland Classic, I, it was my first time up there. It was Carter's first time as well. Uh, a, a very well-ran event. Uh, it kept going. There was no breaks in the action. Um, what's one other thing, what's one other reason you, you would tell somebody to go out there and watch the Dairyland Classic? Because you don't have to sit there and watch all district races race. <laughs> You're not there for, the, for every single class. Because, I mean, we have a pretty – pretty good district so you know we we get through a decent amount of heat races which i mean they they can drag on so i mean the nicest thing about this is i know Bert posted about it it was like a three hour and 17 minute 
uh, from the beginning of the A Rains to then. So, you know, it's yeah. a pretty good show. It was a great show, great crowd. I think the crowd loved it that a, a Wisconsin rider was on top of the box and, and the victory lane was right there in front of everybody. Man, all in all, it was a great night. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've gotten on the podium there with uh, the 250 class and the 85 class, so uh, I'm no stranger to those guys up there. So, you know, it's it's always it's always good to see those faces and, you know, pop some bubbly. So, yeah, made for a good night. Carter and I went to a few different places there in uh, Milwaukee in the area, and we saw a few of your trophies scattered throughout. Uh, where's the trophy from the Dairyland Classic from Saturday? Uh, I think that's going to go with my cousin Dan to a car show this weekend. I know uh, there's some place called Fletcher's that that thing's going to end up at. They want to take that uh, plate along. So, I mean, it's not going to do anything other than sit in the house. I might as well take it out as long as they don't wreck it. I love it. I love it. Uh, Oklahoma City coming up this weekend. Do you like the Oklahoma City Mile, and what's your expectations? Yeah, I mean, it's a good time. Like, the the thing I like least about Oklahoma City would probably be how hard it is on the equipment. You know, it's not like the bikes come out all sparky and shiny. Like, I wish they would. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, uh, uh, it'll be a good good time, and I know I have a good horse underneath me, so. I'll be uh, I'll be hoping to run up front, you know, be competitive and and kind of be within the top five and just kind of sit and sit if I need to. But uh, we'll see how my drafting skills have been. Me and uh, me Dalton BK haven't been drafting with each other on Groms lately, so I mean I guess I got to get reacquainted <laughs> with that. So oh man, you cracked me up. Uh, one, one more thing you're, you're lean and mean right now. I think I talked to you at Volusia. You said that you're the lightest you've been since college. So is that just the level of competition we are at now where you have to be lean and fit to win races? Honestly. Yeah. I mean, unless you're one, unless you're lucky where you're, you know, heavier set and just can throw on the bike around at maybe Springfield short track or, you know, some tt if you're lucky but i mean if you look at our entire class it's not like you're racing against a bunch of 30 year olds you know everybody's young hungry and most of them are young and hungry (laughs) (laughs) and you know it's it's only going to help in my opinion you know I've, i've graduated college at 165 and i know i could ride a bike just fine so kind of being able to slim down trim down and you know focus a little bit more up on just my overall well-being and getting to this competitive weight because I know it isn't going to help me on the miles. So being able to trim a little bit, I'm hoping it's only going to help. Okay. What are the races you're looking forward to uh, the rest of the season and what are your goals for the for the rest of the year? Uh, I mean, I want to get in the top three points. That would be a, a pretty good accomplishment for me, especially with the uh, – you know, having great sponsors behind me and, you know, I'm looking forward to Port Royal. I think Port Royal is going to be a bunch of fun. That track is, uh, is going to be new to us. So, you know, it's going to be a game of who can figure out how to get around it the fastest and, you know, hopefully a track prep and the weather is perfect for it. So we can have a, a little bit of a, you know, kind of how Charlotte was where it was on red clay and they, uh, they, 
the track was honestly one of the sickest tracks I've ever ever raced. So I kind of kind of hoping for the best for that one. Um, Supposedly short track that'll be fun for sure. Mm-hmm. And what's all on the schedule? <laughs> Man, there's a lot coming up still. I know. And then we got Lima next weekend. After Lima, we go to the Coin. The Coin Mile will be badass. Right. Never raced that one. Okay. So that'll be new. The Coin, Port Royal, the New York Short Track, Peoria, Springfield, Short Track for you guys, Sacramento Mile, mm-hmm. and then Charlotte. Definitely looking forward to New York Short Track, especially being there both days. I've, I mean, judging off last year, I would kind of. I, I just kind of would start slow, and by the second day, I would have it figured out. So, you know, it's it's nice having the double the uh, double events, just because, you know, you screw up the first day, you're able to take a second shot at it, and I was able to kind of uh, move forward from what we learned the first night. So, just try to see where we end up. You know. Yep. Is is Mark Muth going to all the races with you, or just a select handful? Uh, he'll be going to all the races. I'm pretty sure. I think. Good. Yeah, he'll be going to all of them. That's we'll see great. what other faces I can kind of drag along with me. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was gonna say your dad's got to be at most of them too, right? Oh yeah. Awesome, Morgan. You're one of the funniest guys in the pits. You kept it pretty straight and, and sober for our interview. I really appreciate that. But uh, before we let you go, do you want to say thanks to anybody? Oh yeah, I got to thank Mission Foods, Roof Systems. Roger Smith Racing, Iowa City Break, Woodstock KTM, Vance and Hines, Parts Unlimited. Man, I wish I had a list, but this is all off the cuff. But at yeah. least I've gotten to practice a little bit. <laughs> but, yeah, Gavin Peters Photography, we're going to go see them tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bell Helmets, NJK. And just all everybody that uh, cheers me on. And, I mean, it's awesome having the badass fans that we got, so. It's going to be dope that uh, they're opening up the fan walk and all that. So it'd be nice to see some faces in the pits again. It's going to be great. A uh, big handful of uh, you know fans, about 2,000 fans up there at the Dairyland. And I think we'll have a whole lot more than that down here in Oklahoma City. Be ready because it's plenty warm down here. Uh, thanks for your time. Congratulations on the win up the Dairyland. And we'll, we'll see you real soon. Yeah, man. We'll see you at the pool party tomorrow. All right. <laughs> You know what I thought was funny, Carter, is when I first saw him at the Dairyland Classic in the pit area, he says, how do you ride a Rotax? I'm like, really? You're asking me, this guy, how to ride a Rotax? You don't but think that was, that was cool. he'd never been on that thing before that race? You don't think? No, he's never been on, not on that particular Rotax. He did ride, try to ride a Rotax the weekend before, and I think he might have got three laps, but it never, ever stopped sputtering, so he never got up to speed. Uh, he's never raced a Rotax before. I don't think he's ever ridden one before. One thing I realized we need to, we really need to do during this interview is uh, have a slow episode. We need to give slow, yep. need to give slow a call. And, you know what? I've never had any real in-depth conversations with slow. Yeah, um, well, you're missing out, bro. I guess so. <laughs> so let's, let's line it up. I, I guess slow. I guess I guess I, slow. I guess slow. Um, no, you've well, had way too much. You've had way too much. Way too Sprecher, much Sprecher. I'm, I'm Spreckered yes. out. Um, yeah. All right. So <laughs> I think we can call it a wrap for this episode. Then we got two solid, two solid interviews. So, what? 
Are you are you gonna be in Oklahoma City on Friday since we're recording this on Wednesday? Do I? Hello, it's two days make, away. Are you gonna make me say it on the on the podcast? But you're gonna back out. I'm not gonna be in Oklahoma City this weekend. Boo! If I had one of those buttons, boo! Yeah, he. He's just scared to ride a motorcycle. That's what it is. He doesn't. He doesn't want to learn how to ride a motorcycle this weekend. That is not it. You poor fella. You know that's not it. You know. I know. I You're gonna go play motor. You're gonna play. Go play motocross. It's more important than learn how to ride a motorcycle from Fast Eddie. It's not. Oh. All right. Whatever. It's a double header. You could have got two races at once. You could have got to come over here and hang out. You know, I got. I got a couch right there with your name on it. You could have learned how to ride a motorcycle. You could have. I mean, it's only 98 degrees out. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. I'm seeing. I mean, that doesn't matter. I still would have had a blast regardless of exactly. the temperature. So. All right. Oh, All so right. you figure well, out your next off week, and that'll be the week that we do it. It's, it's not. Right. We're going to have to look at my calendar. It's not anytime soon. It's not rained. Postponed. It's rained out. It's not rained out. It's rained out, but it's not canceled. It's just postponed. Gotcha. Okay, it's just postponed due to sissified action. We both said the the RO, the RO. Yeah, but we're not at a race, so it's okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't say it on race day. I don't say the four-letter R word. If it happens. Oh boy. <sighs> All right. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> if that happens here, it's our fault. Woo. All right. Knock on wood. Knock All right. on wood. That's enough headphones. for this one. All right. Episode Thanks to all of our patrons. Yes, we, we haven't said that enough this podcast, but thanks to all of our patrons. Love all the patrons. Without their support, and it would be it'd be rough. Carter be having to get another job and, and start <laughs> footing the bill himself. <laughs> Had to throw that one out there. Mm-hmm. All right, Carter. All right. Uh, How about this? Smash that like button. Tell all your friends. Leave us some feedback wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate each and every one of you for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week with a recap from Oklahoma City and a preview of the Lima Half Mile. Peace. Later. Graham made lasagna. I'm going to see Graham get some lasagna.